There it is. Outstanding. And what a glorious day. And not just because the sun is shining and there's a breeze in the air and it's a little bit cool and it's a beautiful spring day, but today is the day that changes everything. Um, if, if you have been with us at all, we've been kind of on this journey through Holy Week where we started last Sunday with Palm Sunday and we, we looked at Jesus and his life and what he did and, and what he accomplished and, and everything that he was last week. And then Good Friday, we held our heads held high as we looked at the cross, not in shame, not, 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 in, not in sadness, but in the acknowledgement that this was the perfect sacrifice, the one sacrifice, the incredible sacrifice that Christ made and that we could hold our heads high. And today we come to Easter. Today we come to the day that culminates the entire journey. The day that changes everything for us. The day that makes everything new and everything different for us. And so I'm excited that you're here this morning. I may get a little excited. I may walk down the aisle a bit. I may dance a little bit because it is a great day. If it weren't for the resurrection, everything that we do here, everything we've ever done here is in vain. Today is the day that made all the difference. And so this morning, as we finish this whole journey up, I want to talk to you about coming alive, but to the power of change, the power to change. Our lives are situated, everything about us, the power of change. That's what the resurrection brings. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, we have them spread out. You can grab one, put your name in it, you can keep it, it's yours. If you'd rather use your electronic devices, you can look up and see GBC Guest, or Wi-Fi. Just type in Find More in all lower caps, and you can join us there. But as I said in the beginning, as we even started this service, and as I say every Sunday, these are the only words that matter. This is the only reason I get to get up here and preach. It's the only reason, the only authority we have to even be a church is right here in these words. And so out of respect and out of acknowledgement that, I'm going to ask if you would just stand with me as we read in Ephesians 1, starting at verse 18. Paul wrote this. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the mighty working of his strength? He exercised this power in Christ by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens. Will you pray with me? God, I just thank you for this morning. God, you knew every person, every child, every one of us that would be here this morning. God, you know exactly what needs to be said. You know exactly what needs to be sung. God, and you don't need us to do any of that. But you invite us back into your presence. Invite us right up to your throne this morning. And so, God, I pray that all the distractions, all the, the noises of the world outside of our lives, the busyness, the brokenness, all of it, God, that you would just silence them. And that this morning we would hear only your voice. God, that these words would be your words, not mine. God, that you would bring revival, you would bring a resurrection of hearts, and that you would change us, that we would be different. God, we thank you so much for all that this day means, not just today, but every single day of our life. So God, we ask for ears to hear, for hearts to respond, and the courage to live this out, to be different, to be bold. And may you get all the glory this morning. You're the only one that deserves the credit. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. 
So as I said, we've kind of been on this journey, and, and we get to this moment. And, and I believe all my heart that the resurrection is, is the power to change. It, it is the idea that things can be different. And you may be sitting here this morning, as I have many days thinking that I have no power to change. I have no power to change my attitude or my outlook. I've tried, and it just keeps coming back over. We live in a culture that has been locked in. We have the most depressed culture that we've ever seen in history. We, we have people of so many different things that just seem to be weighing down. And you may be that person who says, man, I can't change that in my life. You may, you may feel like you don't have the power or the strength to hold on. In, in your marriage, in relationships, and things that are going on at work, I don't have the power, the strength, or I don't have the power to break an addiction that I have. Maybe you're thinking I have no power to forgive someone that's really hurt me. Or to love my enemies as Christ commanded us to. Well, the very good news this morning is exactly that. You have no power. That doesn't sound like good news, does it? <laughs> It doesn't sound. But the truth is, because of the cross, because of the resurrection, Jesus does have the power. Look, at This is what Paul, I love what Paul says. He said in Philippians 3.10, he says, My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings to be conformed to his death. I mean, that's what, what Paul was talking about here. He's like, I want to know this power. And so my prayer for you this morning is an Easter prayer. As the prayer we just read in Ephesians 1, 18, and 20, 18 through 20. Listen to these words again. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. <clears throat> what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints? What is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength? He exercised this power in Christ by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens. I mean, this beautiful idea that we have a power available. In fact, the Greek word there is dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite. So literally, you have explosive power available to you to change, to be different, to have a different outlook, to have a different destiny and all that. You have that power within you through this resurrection. And, and the thing is, that so many we, we look at Easter and we look at the cross and we think it's just about forgiveness. We think it's just about I just need my sins forgiven, I need my slate wiped clean, and then I'm good with God and so on. But it's not just about forgiveness, it is power to live. I mean, it's one thing to know I'm forgiven, it's another thing to live like it. And that's what the resurrection does. And so this morning, that's what I want to talk about. It's not just forgiveness. That there is resurrection power. There is power that is available to us. There is power that we can use. And there's three things I want you to understand what this power does. The very first one is this is the power to, counsel, to cancel past, present, and future sins. The resurrection said it was good enough what Christ did on the cross. When he said it was finished, it was paid in full, it was taken, taken off, it was, it's done. It is the power to cancel our past, present, and future sins. So many of us walk around today with the weight of past mistakes, don't we? You can see it in their faces. You can see it in just the way they walk. 
And we talked a little bit about that last night, of having good posture, of having head up on Good Friday, that we look up. But so many of us are just walking around with slumped shoulders, and they're just carrying that burden and that weight of past mistakes. Have you ever started something? You know, if you have kids and you had to build them something and you got halfway through it and you're like, oh, this is messed up. I wish I could just start over. I know so many of us once we, we want to start over. But the truth is, is, if we can't get over our past, our past will control our present and it will dictate our future. What Christ did was enough. So what Paul said in Colossians. In Colossians 2, 13 through 14, it says, And when you were dead in trespasses, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him and forgave us of all our trespasses, all of our sins. He erased the certificate of debt with its obligation that was against us and opposed to us and has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. It's gone. It's done away with. That's what he says. He says, he erased the certificate of debt, that it's gone. Our record of charges against us, our record of charges of everything against God, of all that we've ever done, of all that we have thought, it, it, it is gone. That word sin, we don't like. In fact, a lot of places, we don't even talk about it. And, and if you know anything about sin, sin, it's an archery term. And I don't know about you, but I've heard it preached a lot of times. That all sin is, is you missed the mark. You didn't hit the bullseye. But I think it's so much more than that. I think sin is not just missing the mark. It's shooting at everything other than the target. That's our lives. That, that's what Christ paid for. We decided to go our own way, to look our own way, to do our own thing, to do it our way, not his way. And so we shoot at everything other than just the target that God has placed, his holiness, that perfection that he created us to be. That's what sin is, and that's what is blotted out. It's not only forgiven. God says that he gets rid of it. Look at this. In, in John 3.17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. There are so many of us that walk around and think God is just willing, just ready to stomp on us. That God is distant. God doesn't care. He's just looking at how bad we screw up. And as soon as it is, that's the point. As soon as that's known. That's how most people out there feel about the church, that that's our job. We just look at people and see the sin. Sinner, 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 sinner. <laughs> and we like to point fingers, don't we? What's, what's the old saying? When I point, there's a whole bunch more pointing back at me. See, God... God's heart is for all of us to be saved. God's heart is for, we should have never have gone through this in the first place. It's not what we were created for. It, we messed it up. And this is God's heart that it's not only forgive, but that it, it, it's gone. In fact, in the Old Testament, Jeremiah said this. He says, no longer will one teach his neighbor or his brother saying, know the Lord, for they will all know me from the least to the greatest of them. This is the Lord's declaration, for I will forgive their iniquity and never again remember their sin. That a beautiful picture. God doesn't keep bringing up. He's not like me. Well, remember when you messed up? I remember. (laughs) 
Bible says that he throws it as far as east is from east and far as west is from west. When we come to him and acknowledge our sin and we confess it and we ask that forgiveness, it's gone. It's blotted out. It's, it's disappeared. And so that resurrection gives us the power to cancel those past and future sins. And it has nothing to do with what you can offer God. So many, we try to get those balances weighed out. My good outweighs my bad and everything. In fact, every belief system on this planet is based upon the good works I can do. And maybe one day, one day it will outweigh and I'll be okay. I'm a good person. I'm a good person. The truth is, is we're never good enough. But Christ was. It was it was his sacrifice. Christ is the one that makes it possible. It's not on us. That's what Paul was talking about in Romans 8 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. The key to that is in Christ Jesus. It's not about what I do. It's not about what I know preachers that know all about Jesus and have no idea who he is. I know people that fill churches every single Sunday that know all about Jesus and have no idea who he is. We, we get this sense that, man, I, if I can only be good enough, that's more good news. You can't be good enough, but Jesus was. And to prove it, God raised him from the dead. That's why I believe that should be our symbol. The cross defines, took away our sin, but the resurrection defines our life and how we should live. It is the power to cancel our past, present, and future sins. The resurrection proves that. But it's not only that. It's not only that. It's also the power to give you and I a new identity. We can receive a new identity. And I don't know if you've like been noticing out there, but we identify ourselves by so many things nowadays. In fact, it's in a whole section of politics right now, identity politics. And you hear it on the news all the time, and people are like, it's, it's about your race or it's about your religion or your political and cultural views. My, my identity is based on my jobs or my hobbies or my family. My identity is based on all this other stuff that separates us and divides us over and over again. It's, we live in the most divisive era I think ever in our country except for the Civil War. And it's because we're basing our identity on everything that's not of God. Maybe there are hidden identities, things that you don't think anybody else knows. God knows. See, what the resurrection does is it changes all of that because we are no longer defined by our failures or who we think we are. We're defined by what, who God says we really are. This is what Paul was talking about, or John, excuse me, in John 1.12. He says, but to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be the children of God to those who believe in his name. Isn't that precious? Think about that. Think about that. I am now. When I come to Christ and I acknowledge his death, his resurrection, when I acknowledge my need for the Savior, for that I am his child. God is my daddy. I don't know about you, but a um, long time ago when I was little, my mom and dad got a divorce. 
I was the youngest. I don't remember anything, but my dad that married my mom, the, my dad, my daddy that raised me, he adopted me. He adopted all my brothers and my sisters, and he put his name upon us. Do you understand that because of the resurrection, when we come to God, we get God's name on us? We are no longer the forgotten, the forsaken, the broken. We are the beloved, his children. It changes our identity. It changes all that we are. How do I know? It's very simple. Paul said it in Corinthians. He said he has also put his seal on us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a down payment. Literally, the idea is that God sealed us. The moment we come to Christ, the moment we recognize our need for him, the moment that everything changes for us, that he puts a seal on us. You guys remember Tupperware? They still sell that? Remember that little vacuum seal? It would last forever. Atomic war comes by and your food's still good as long as you have Tupperware. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is so much better than Tupperware. <laughs> because that's what God gives us. There's, there's no image or label outside of what God defines you anymore because of the resurrection. It's God who defines your personality. It is God who defines your identity. It's not what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what they think of me out there. It doesn't matter who they think I am or what they say about me because the only thing that matters is what God says I am. You are who God says you are. No one else has a say because of the resurrection. Do you understand that? That as a follower of Christ, I am sealed and I am identified as one thing, God's child. Perfect in every isn't that beautiful? That's what the resurrection says. Although Tim Keller said this. He said, the, the, the only person in the universe whose opinion counts looks at me and he finds me more valuable than all the jewels in creation. Do you know that? Uh, we live in such a society that says you need to base your identity and your worth and everything on what this person looks like. Are you skinny enough? Do you have the right job? Do you have the right friends? Do you have the right clothes? Do you have the right thought are you are you in the right cultural group are you this person that listen the only opinion that counts is god's and he finds me more valuable than jewels in all of creation that's what david said in psalms i am fearfully and wonderfully made that's my identity because of the resurrection so it gives us power to cancel our past, present, and future sin. It gives us power to give us a new identity. And finally, it gives us power for the strength to face every challenge that we could face. The truth is, is life is unpredictable, isn't it? We don't know what's coming around the corner. Shoot, I can't even tell you what I'm having for lunch today. I don't know. <laughs> it may be just hot dogs. In a tortilla wrap. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I get on I-4 every day, and it is an act of faith to drive to work. <laughs> Sherry and I went to Universal just to have fun yesterday, to have a day of just like, we didn't even go on any rides. We just walked around and made fun of the tourists. Sorry. <laughs> 
but we enjoyed it and everything. But on the way, I mean, there were like four times someone tried to cut us off or ram us into the side of the road or do us. I have no idea. Life is unpredictable. And so how can I trust what I know? It is the power of Jesus through the Holy Spirit within us that sustains and sometimes carries us when needed. It doesn't matter what the world throws at me. You know, every day, I was talking to Sherry this morning, every day I've, I've got this kind of attitude that's been growing in me about being a pastor and being a church. And it's our whole theme this year, one more, one more. And every day I wake up and say, God, thank you for one more day. One more day to preach. God, thank you for one more Easter. One more day to go to Universal and deal with crazy, silly, drunk people. (laughs) By the way, there's nothing funner than trying to tell the gospel to a drunk person. (laughs) They have no idea what you're talking about, but they're very receptive. But one more day, one more day, because it doesn't matter what happens tomorrow. It doesn't matter if tomorrow we show up and we say, hey, the church is closed. We're done. You know, the door's closed. Because it is God. It is his Holy Spirit that sustains me to face whatever comes. Because he has the final word, not me. And definitely not them. Which each, we face each day with the strength of a risen Savior. That's what Paul was talking about in Galatians 2.20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's not about the way I live anymore. It's not about what my plans are. It is that I live now because Christ lives in me. Do you understand there's only two types? Do you want to talk about identity? There's only two types of people on this entire planet. Those who know God and those who don't. Those who are alive because Christ is in them and those who are the walking dead zombies. And they don't know anybody. There's only two types. And when I come to Christ and because of the resurrection, I can face all of this. Because it's not me who lives. It is Christ living in me. I can face every challenge. I can face everything that goes on. Do you understand? We are not only saved by his death, but we are also saved by his life and resurrection. If it was just about the cross and paying for our sins, the moment you and I would accept Christ, boom, we're done, we're dead, we go to heaven. It is about living a resurrected life. And isn't that what they want to see? Isn't that what people are looking for more than anything? Is that it's more than just dying? Paul said it another way. In Romans 8 through 11, 8, 11, he said, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through the Spirit who lives in you. Through the most joyful times, he's there. Through the most darkest times, he is there. We are more than conquerors because of the resurrection. We can face whatever the world, every joy, every trial, every sorrow, every 
victory we can face because the Holy Spirit lives in us. We have power to face everything. And we are more than conquerors. And Paul echoes that again in Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If there was any time for a really good amen there, that was right there. Nothing can separate us from what Christ did on that cross and through his resurrection. Nothing can separate us from his love. That's what Easter means, y'all. That's what this is all about. It is the power to change. It is the power to be different. It's not just an ancient event. So many people think that it was just an event. It's just one day that I go to church. Listen, we should be living this power every single day. We should be living this power every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. Every Monday is Resurrection Sunday. Every Tuesday is Resurrection Sunday. It should be evident in us every single day that it is the power to change us, to, to wipe out the past to give us that identity and to face whatever comes we should be living that every single day that's what Easter is about that's why we celebrate that's why we sing this morning we can shout out exactly what Charles Wesley wrote Christ the Lord is risen today. Sons of men and angels say, raise your joys and triumphs high. Sing your heavens and earth reply. Christ the Lord is risen today. And every day. That is Easter. That is the celebration. That is why we do what we do. That's how we come alive. We look at Christ's life. We see everything that he accomplished, everything that he did, everything that he taught. We see his cross and we hold our heads up because we see the sacrifice and the love. Anybody that ever doubts the love of God in life, just look at the cross. And we are created to live that resurrection every day. That's good news, y'all. That's worth singing. That's worth celebrating. That's the power to not only change ourselves, but to change the entire world around us. Man, may we carry that. And may God get the glory for it. Let's pray.